Hey there, welcome back to What She Watching Podcast. Hello, hello. Hello, I'm Shelly. I'm Andra. And we're really glad that you've joined us for a second episode. Today, yeah, I'm glad we're back. I think we had a lot of fun last week. And yeah, we're we're really thankful to everybody who listened and gave us feedback. And we just encourage you to keep doing that. So thank you for joining us again. And if you thought we absolutely sucked on the first one, which I mean, I don't think we I don't did. think we sucked. But if you did, just come back because we're just gonna keep going at this. Yeah, we're, we're just gonna, gonna just keep going. We're gonna keep getting keep better. Going. So you know, just hang with us and with we'll us. get it all worked out. So um this week, uh this week we're talking about two of our favorites. Um Andrew, what's your movie this week? I am talking about the classic Clueless. And Clueless. What are you talking about, Shelley? I am going to be talking about The Big Lebowski. Also a classic Ooh. for different reasons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this. I think these two movies have actually a couple of big things in common. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm anxious to see what you think about because we probably okay. have some similar opinions on it. I think so. Yes. Yeah. And we're drinking right now. White Russians, Absolutely. right? We're drinking Cheers. White Russians. Cheers. Ching, ching. Cheers. In honor to uh, the dude who mm-hmm. always had a White Russian in his hand, or as he liked to refer to them, a Caucasian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and who chomped on his ice, and I'm going to try not to chomp on my ice. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard to do, especially when you're drinking one of these. I actually like that. I haven't had a White Russian in a very long time. This is actually pretty tasty. You know, they're they're... It's one of those drinks I forget, but whenever yes. I have it, I'm like, I shouldn't forget about this drink. It's delicious. Have you ever ordered a white Russian at a bar, restaurant? I out have. And about? You have? I have. And usually, they're cool. They know what it is. Sometimes, depending on what mm-hmm. bar you go to, they might look at you like you're insane. Like, I don't know what a white Russian is. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yesterday, here's a little story. I went, we, there's a gas station and a liquor store right next to each other. Had to That's fill up. Shopping. I went to the gas station and i was just like you know by chance do y'all have half and half in here and mm-hmm. I was like, well, no we've got the singles and i was like i know this is completely random and the store clerk goes the big lebowski I was like, <gasps> yes no way how did you know he's like are you making a white russian like no yeah. how did you way? know yeah that is so cool <laughs> oh my god it's just it's, a, it's legendary I think it anybody is. that has seen the movie and then orders a white Russian mm-hmm. makes that connection. I mean, why would I be coming in there looking for half and half? <laughs> and then knowing that the liquor store is right next to it, I'm going to uh-huh. go in and get Kahlua and vodka. Uh-huh. So well, and it's there just you go. such a good drink. And I love that he tied that together. <laughs> he did. That was pretty cool. Oh, I that makes me those, smile. That makes me when smile. When fellow movie nerds are out in the wild, too, I love it. Oh, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. We are. Yes, we are. Yes. Okay. Sh- shall we get into it? Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Andra. Let's go. Andra's going to go first this week because I went first last week with my mm-hmm. <clears throat> super fun, happy, exciting movie last week. So <laughs> this week we thought, you know, to, to welcome listeners in, let's let's start with um, the fun 90s Sorry. classic. Clueless. 90s classic. 1995 to be exact. Mm. So I was eh, the perfect age when Mm -hmm. this movie came out. I was 13 Mm -hmm. years old when this movie came out. 
And I remember that the moms, all of the friend group moms, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. way before the internet. This is way before anybody could look up reviews to see how, you know, mm-hmm. it was rated PG-13 mm-hmm. and we were turning 13. You were yeah, 12, I was right? 12. I was 12. Yeah. And I really, I loved Alicia Silverstone. I loved Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> yes. And as I still as loved as her. I. Yes. She's, she's amazing. And I just, the clothes, when I saw the posters, I was like, I have to see this. I have to see it. I mean, the clothes are a character in of itself. The clothes, the music. Fashion. Music. The fashion. It's so. Language. 90s. It's so 90s. So good. Um, So I remember the moms having to call each other kind of a phone tree, if you will. Mm -hmm. A phone tree to see if they would all approve us to go see Clueless when it opened mm-hmm. in the theater. It was a summer mm-hmm. movie. I think it was in July mm-hmm. yeah. when it came out. Uh, so, you know, all the moms have to be had to be in approval for us to go. Oh, there had it. to be an agreement because if one said yes. yes and the other one said no, there was going to be an issue. There was going to be an issue. So they had to work together on one this one. One of us wouldn't be able to go. Some would be able to go. It would be a, it would be a mess. But this was the first PG-13 movie that I got to go see in the theater. Oh. And we went to the mall to see it. The theater oh, yeah. in the mall. I remember. When tickets were I like three fifty. Yes. It's probably three fifty. And they gave us like a little paper ticket. They I love the mall theater because I did too. My mom could like drop me off there, go do whatever she wanted, and then yep. come back. It was also right. a really good theater to sneak into other movies. Yes, it was. Because <laughs> it was old. <laughs> it was. Yep. You could sneak in so easily. Okay, so let's see. Amy Hackerling directed this movie. She is probably most famous for Clueless, but also Fast Times at Richmond High. Such a great movie. Which great is just, movies. I mean, I think that was in 1982. Mm-hmm, Fast Times at Richmond High. Mm-hmm. Sean Penn. Uh, Another <clears throat> stoner, if you if you will. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I feel like that movie was just, Maybe the adult version of like it was pretty raunchy and it was pretty it was raunchy. Classic, but yeah, watching it, it now, raunchy. I'm like this. This is so still great. Like it, it's like a screenshot of the time, mm-hmm. and I it, it was a screenshot of like 1982, or whatever. And I feel like Clueless is the same. Yeah, you can go back and watch it and be like, this was how the 90s was. <laughs> this is a snapshot of the time. It, it really it is perfectly. It just perfectly portrays. Um, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a Beverly Hills very privileged <laughs> person, but this is still, I mean, just take Rodeo you back. Drive. Rodeo Drive. Yes, Rodeo and, Drive on that. But I, I just remember 90210 being huge at the time. Oh, yeah. And this movie really fed into that kind of culture mm-hmm. of like the valley yeah. and, yep. you know, LA mm-hmm. and everything's really cool in LA and. Mm-hmm. fashion and just ahead of their time i guess i think they are still like california a little mm-hmm. ahead of their time um so she amy heckerling worked on so she did fast times at richmond high i could be wrong about the year i don't have my imdb up which is a big mistake but you know um i think it was 1982 um, she look. also is credited for Look Who's Talking, which that was a big movie. Look Who's Talking was pretty big. She wrote 
the first and second one, and I think she directed the first movie. You know, she just, and at that time for a female director to have that kind of yeah. comedy power is huge, I think. Like like with Penny Marshall mm-hmm. last week, you know, they just, yes. they really had the chops to be able to make these movies that were big. And you were right, Fast Times at Ridgemont Heim was 82. You got yes. that. I, I was negative one. <laughs> um, let's see. Bill Pope, I think, is also he is the cine- cinematographer, and I think he's pretty acclaimed cinematographer. He has worked on like the Matrix trilogy, mm. um, like a couple Spider Man movies. I think he did like <clears throat> Scott Pilgrim versus the World, like these he's, movies that are. He knows what he's doing. Yes, very well known for how they look. Like mm-hmm. he has a unique look, and I think this movie. Um, I read an interview with him and he said that Amy Heckerling just, he was talking with her, like, how do you want this movie to look? And she would, she just gathered up a bunch of pictures of happiness. She said, Mm. I want this movie Mm -hmm. to look happy. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And he did a good job. He did. I think it's a very happy, brightly lit, you know, candy colored bubble gum wrapped Mm -hmm. type of, well, just uh, the the look. pops of color on the screen are so. Mm-hmm. You know, I love any kind of visually appealing movie, and the way they were dressed was mm. just unbelievable. Their fashion and and really just it, the way he was able to film that entire all together is just really well. Fashion designer, um, Shelley, do you have the IMDb? I do have the IMDb up. Who is credited as the fashion designer? Yeah, I should have had that in my notes. Let me take a look. Let me take a look. You keep going and I will find out who the fashion designer is. Find out who the fashion designer is. Got it. On it. Um, If people out there did not know, Clueless was adapted by Amy Heckerling. She wrote the script and she adapted it from Jane Austen's Emma. Um, If there's any Emma Jane Austen fans out there. They will recognize the adaptation. Um, there's a couple of really good Emma movies. Also, you could get into that world. The 90, 1996 movie starring Gwen mm-hmm. Paltrow, mm-hmm. Tony Collette. There was one in 2020 that came out with Anya Taylor-Joy, who's an up-and-comer star that I think is going to have a big future. Um, <clears throat> but when you watch those or you read Emma, you can definitely you can see the connections there. You can see and the connection. What a good piece of literary work that's yes. stood the test of ages. And exactly. It, with its like empowerment to, um, you know, mm-hmm. a, a female character who has kind of strong opinions and um, their own way to get stuff done. I really, it, it's such a yeah. good story. Yeah. It was about um, in, in the, when she wrote this, probably the late 18, 18- Hundreds. I mm-hmm. think she probably wrote Emma, and it mm-hmm. was about a, a young woman that didn't want to get married, but she wanted to play matchmaker and make other people around her kind of happy. But all the while, she's still the spoiled little brat too. But oh yeah, also just wants to do her own thing. She and wants how, to. She wants to help. Yes, in in the way she feels is helping. <laughs> Whether it's mm-hmm. helping or not, <laughs> but you you can definitely see that character and share in in this movie. Totally, um, especially with the totally. the 
and I think I wrote in one of my notes. I was like, um, <laughs> Cher and Dion are such busy bodies because <laughs> they're just <laughs> they're in everybody's business <laughs> constantly, constantly, and they think they know best. They think they know best. Well, they've been shown they know best <laughs> because they're like the queens yes. of the school. That's right. They're the queen bees, if you will, mm-hmm. of the school. And I found out the um, the costume designer's name here is. Okay. Um, it sounds like such a costume designer name, Mona May. Mona May, what a name! Mona May, and she's. I mean, there's a whole article on just her, her um, designs for Clueless. Um, I mean, classic, it, iconic. Iconic. What is that word? Iconic. <laughs> Iconic is good. Iconic. Um, yeah. So part of the charm of this movie is the outfits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I feel like the 90s are just so popular right now. And I mm-hmm. feel like what they are wearing in this movie is being worn today by it's, the youngsters of this it's world. It's totally being thrown back. It is. I have recently went into a Hot Topic store. Um, You remember when those opened? Yes, I do. (laughs) But I was looking at all the clothes around, and I was like, this looks like clueless clothing. Mm -hmm. It does. they were selling. It does. I've got a cousin who is 14, and Mm -hmm. we watched this movie together, and she Mm -hmm. was just obsessed with the looks. And the fashion of the time, I'm like, this is straight out of Adelia's catalog. Straight out of Adelia's Adelia's catalog. catalog. Remember those? Well, I just remember circling everything. My parents being like, no. Yes. (laughs) Like, nope. (laughs) Absolutely not. They're missing half the skirt. It's like, but they're so cute. (laughs) So cute. Yes. Oh, man. So, uh, Alicia Silverstone talked about... um, I think she said that she had 64 different outfits that she oh had God. to wear in this movie. And for her, she was 17 years old at the time. So it really wasn't fun for her. She mm. she has said that she was not into fashion. She was a t-shirt and jeans kind of girl. Did not Understood. get share at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting fitted for 64 different outfits and having to be in literally every frame of this movie when she's 17 years old. She did a phenomenal job because you wouldn't know that she wasn't into fashion. You wouldn't know she's not this dingy, like privileged. I I say dingy. She's really not. She's very intelligent. This character. Yes. Mm -hmm. She just, she doesn't doesn't have time for traditional education. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. So a little bit more fun facts about the, about the movie. I had a I had a lot of fun just digging more into oh, this. Best movie. So did you know that in that famous the scene where she is talking about in it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Liberty. Yes. Yes. And she pronounces Haitians Hadians, right? Yes. She mispronounced Haitians. Well she in real life mispronounced Haitians and said Hadians. <laughs> But Amy Heckerling just loved it and thought it was it's so cute. Perfect for her character. Perfect. So she just let the camera roll. She didn't say cut. She just let her do it. And that's that's the final cut in the in the film. You know, if she, I were seventeen trying to say Haitians, I would probably have said Haitians too. Yes. And 
the fact that she kept that in and said it was just perfection. Yeah. What a way to fit that, that role. What a way. So if y'all don't know, I guess I can explain the plot of the movie right now. Yeah. Let's do a brief overview. Let's do a brief um, plot summary of Clueless. So Alicia Silverstone plays Cher. Her dad is played by Dan Haida, who is Uh, hilarious. He is is the perfect person for this role. Perfect. He cracks. He was in the nineties a lot and a lot of different roles similar to this. He's plays a very good, like stressed, um, (laughs) kind of annoyed, grumpy guy, be guy who just yells a lot. He yells a lot, but uh, the way Mm -hmm. he was a dad to share just melted my heart. I know they actually, I love their relationship. Mm -hmm. Actually. Mm -hmm. That's pretty funny. Me too. But sweet at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you meet Cher, you know, mansion coming. She's from a mansion. Her best friend is Dion played by Stacy, Stacy dash. And this line in the beginning of the movie cracks me up and she goes, this is my, I, we are named after famous singers of the past that now do infomercials. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was so true. Dionne Warwick. (laughs) Yes. With the, was she, she did the psychic connection, right? She did. Yes. Dionne Warwick with the psychic connection and then just Mm -hmm. share. And I love that that's their connection to each other. So and the way funny. she said it, she's like, and they're both, you know, it's, doing infomercials now. Like, it's, it's the best yeah. thing in the world. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So you meet them. They go to school. And you can tell right off the bat that they are the queen bees of the school. They're the mm-hmm. privileged. They're the rich ones. They, are, I mean, I think this whole school that they go to is like Beverly Hills High. So it's right. just all. It's in Pismo, right? Yes. Pismo Beach. Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty affluent school, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cher gets a report card that she doesn't like. And so being a lawyer's kid, she is taught that um, she can just argue her way like out of the C that she got. She can get it up to an A. Oh, yeah. So here comes her first mission. This is a matchmaking mission with um, Mr. Hall and Mrs. Geist. So they're going to play matchmakers. So Dion and Cher play matchmaker just to serve the purpose of them, their teachers being happy, maybe so a little they bit distracted. And she can get better grades for it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That happens. It happens. I mean, and that, I love, that just a side note, I love the progress reports and the report cards they get that are handwritten. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how everybody's so scared of their parents at the time yes. and the grades. And I'm like, not. In 2023. <laughs> no. <laughs> None of this would have applied in 2023. No, I don't really like. Uh-uh. No. First of all, they don't, they don't give handwritten report cards Mm-mm. anymore, right? It's all get on the computer and see. It's in your portal. In your portal, yes. Yeah, and I think it's so funny. There's a shot of her report card she gives to her dad, and everything's scratched out. like, And it's all changed <laughs> to a... To A's, and so he's uh-huh. like, "You're telling me that you argued your way to an A." She's like, "Yeah." She he like, her a hug. "Honey, I couldn't be prouder uh, as if you actually got an A on your report card." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. 
the best. It's okay. the best. Let's just yeah. reward that baby. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, that's great. And she's just like, yeah, daddy, I did it. Look at me. So proud of you. So proud <laughs> of you. You know, one okay. thing I love about her character is she just, there is nothing that gets her down. No, she is nothing. She is like, okay, I'll figure this out. I'll make it work for me. Doesn't work. Yeah. I will. I will find a different way. I'll find a different path. Um, actually, I remember Amy Heckerling talking about that. What kind of character that she wanted to create? You know, of course, was inspired by Emma, but she also said she loved Marilyn Monroe's character and Gentleman for Blondes. Mm, so, so she good. just wanted this character that was just so happy, like you said, mm-hmm. like happy. I'll find a way to get out of any situation. Can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So after that, then you meet this new character, Ty, played by Brittany Murphy. Oh, uh, Brittany. Brittany. I'll also never get over that. No. Gone too no, soon. Just absolutely stunning actress that so went good. before her time. Yes. So talented. Very so talented. talented. Um. So you meet her, and then, of course, Cher and Dion have this new mission to make her over because she mm-hmm. comes to the school, and she's in plaid, just very 90s plaid, skater. I Yeah, I relate to, to her style. <laughs> I did, when too. Did I do Cher? <laughs> yes. when she showed up in those uh, flannels. I was like, mm-hmm. yep. I think she had the her flannel. cons on. Mm-hmm. She had the flannel and the cons on. Absolutely. What yeah. else do you need? What I'm else still do dress you like need? That. Me too. <laughs> Me too. So their new mission is to make her over. Uh, again, Sharon Dion, they know best. They know best. and so They know they, best, especially with her romance when she's mm-hmm. attracted to Travis. Mm-hmm. Again, I yes. feel like I was Brittany Murphy's character. Yes. Was there a deadbeat guy with long hair and a skateboard? <laughs> I was probably attracted to him because... <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. thought he was so cool. And yeah. Sharon and Dion are like, no. No, you can't. They say <laughs> something like, it is, this is another thing that cracks me up. Like, that is one thing to spark it up at a party, but mm-hmm. um, to be fully loaded all the time. I mean, no respectable girl dates people like that. I mean, they just don't. The times have changed. I know. How they have changed. All the times have changed. Yes. So they make her over. She becomes a popular kid. They try to set her up with Elton, who's just creep, uh, creep city Elton. But your typical 90s heartthrob dude. Typical 90s. Like, I feel like he would be a tech bro now mm-hmm. today, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he yep. would be working for, like, Facebook or Apple. Absolutely. Or I mean, Absolutely. he's one of those Silicon Valley. Yes. Yes. So that doesn't go so well. We meet other characters like Dion's boyfriend. I love Murray, him. Donald Faison. Murray. Don- Donald Faison. I love him. With the braces. Yes, with the braces. You meet him. You meet Josh, which is Cher's, we will say, the ex-step-brother. Who we find out, you know, there's a scene where Cher... But Cher's dad is like, your your brother Josh is coming to stay. She's like, he is not my brother. You were married to his mom for like five months. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he's not, it, it, that doesn't even register. And he said, mm-hmm. like, honey, you divorce wives, not children. <laughs> I love that line. I love that line yes. because it's probably like, I know when, when Josh is talking, he's like, well, mom's on her fifth husband. And so yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. her dad probably is in the same situation. So Sharon, exactly. like, why are you hanging out with this random guy Yes, that I knew for five months, 10 years ago yeah. or whatever? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you meet Josh and he's kind of older, you know, your angsty college kid. Radiohead. Um, yeah. Radiohead. Cher just gives him so much, you know, crap for the music he listens to, the flannel he's wearing, the angst that he just walks around the world in. Um, but Josh kind of calls out Cher a lot. You know, like if I ever saw you do something remotely, um, just out of your own goodness of your heart, I mm-hmm. would just kill over. Like everything you do is to serve your interest. And mm-hmm. So he kind of calls her out on that too. Which is but, so good. Yes. It's so good so, that they have that relationship where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, he's honest with you, but he, mm-hmm. you can tell it's in a caring way. Yes. But he's like, yeah, and, you realize you're a brat. <laughs> yeah, you're a brat. And it, he calls her a brat several times. Uh-huh. And then, but I like her her responses back to him. He, she would always give him like crap right back. Uh-huh. Like, uh, what, you know, is this self-loathing college, whiny, whine, whine, like music that you're listening to, uh-huh. you know. So you just get into the world and characters. <sighs> You see their arc of their characters, and they change a little bit. And the end of the movie is at a wedding, and and Cher and Dion's matchmaking skills worked because Mrs. Geist and Mr. Hall got married, and that's the end of the movie. Perfect couple at the wedding. I know, perfect. By the way, Mrs. Geist, played by I think she has such a cool name, Twink Kaplan. I think is her name. Oh my god, that is the coolest name. Um, she actually was a producer on this movie. So she helped a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, even getting the movie made. Well, so and she, cool. she's so cute and quirky looking yes. and just the way she acts. And then with, with Wallace Shawn, who mm-hmm. I love Wallace Shawn. They I love him just too. the perfect play, people to play these roles and be together. Perfect. So cute. So perfect. cute. So other notable characters that I, I may have missed. Elisa Donovan played Amber, which Amber was hilarious to me too. Uh-huh. Amber and Cher's kind of just had Frenemy? a back and forth. Frenemy, if you will. Uh, Brecken Meyer, Travis, he oh, was, I mean. Such a crush on him. <laughs> yes. Throughout the entire 90s. See, you can tell that. See Stoner, can, Skater Boys, and there you go. Yes. He, um, has said that that character was maybe more true to life than any character that he has played. Like that was him. He said, um, "I love it." Yes, Jeremy Sisto played Elton, mm-hmm. um, and then of course Justin Walker played Christian. Which Christian like comes into the picture and just knocks Cher, you know, off oh, her he feet. Looks, he looks like the like, Luke Perry, Jason Priestley of like, the time, yep. going to mm-hmm. that. And I love the scene where they're all um, at 
the dance or wherever. Mm-hmm. And there's like the big band music playing because that's so early nineties that throwback oh to like the fifties. And he yeah. kind of has that James Dean vibe about he him. Does. He even when, you know, at the, toward the end where they're shopping at the mall, he's pulls that jacket out and he's like, is this Jason Priestley or James Dean? What, mm-hmm. you know, what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and my cousin yeah. was like, I don't know who these people are. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know. They look exactly like him. <laughs> yes. He's Except doing the whole the 90s thing. was in love. I, I love that um, when he comes and picks up Cher for the date <laughs> for that dance, <laughs> Cher's dad's questioning him. Like, what's with the vibe, kid? Like, did, did Sammy Davis... And death leave a, a hole in the opening rat pack. The rat Are you trying <laughs> opening in the rat pack <laughs> for you to feel? Oh my god, it's so funny! It's so funny, and like that's what I love about Amy Hefferling. Mm-hmm. She is so smart with her with her references and everything. Um, she is. You know, she did a couple episodes of The Office. She did. Yes, she did. Thank you for just, bringing that up. A freaking genius. She really is. She, to adapt this story from Emma, and she said, she had said that she's like, I've always loved Emma as the book. It's one of my favorite novels. She's like, what, how great would it be if we could adapt this story into Beverly Hills High in the 90s um, with a bunch of spoiled rich kids and Uh just kind of parody Uh this world, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, let's do that. And she did it perfectly. It was just a gem. A gem. A gem. It's a perfect. I, 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 I think it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's a masterpiece. I know it's a masterpiece. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> talk to anybody who's ever seen Close for me. Like, that movie is amazing. I love that movie because it's just, it's fun. It's lighthearted. You laugh. You know, it's got some feeling. It's got heart. But like, also, just like the little Easter eggs throughout the whole movie, you're like, oh my There's god, this ton is of so good. You know, you see so Josh, good. the environmental sign, like environmental lawyer wannabe, reading Frederick Nietzsche next to the pool and <laughs> by the pool with his goatee. So early nineties, like you belong in yes. a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You know, vibing out with all the Seattle folk. Yes, and Cher comes up to him in that scene and says, "Hey, granola breath." <laughs> like, <laughs> it is. And did you notice? Did you notice Travis's last name is Birkenstock? Yes, I, I <laughs> yes, loved that. I, I loved that. Yes, it's so funny, so funny. Yeah. Um, so another, just another little interesting tidbit. So Reese Witherspoon. Was almost going to be cast a share. Okay. Okay. And Lauren Hill was almost cast as Dion. Oh, Lauren Hill. I loved Lauren Hill. I obsessed with her. Was obsessed with 90s. her. <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> she was such a queen. She is such a she queen. Was. But, oh my God. She that would have been. Can you imagine if they would have been Cher and Dion? How different that would have been played? It would have been completely different. I love Reese, and she got to do Legally Blonde, so I mm-hmm. think it was saved. I think that was meant for her. Um, and if Lauren Hill would have been Dion, it would have been a different, different. I think it would have been vibe, a different tone. I think. 
Tone yeah. and vibes. Yeah. Lauren Hill is so talented, but I feel like she's always got more of a serious, like, yes, um, disposition. She does. And Dion, um, Stacy, um, Stacy Dash, Stacy, Stacy Dash. Stacey First Dash. of all, she's gorgeous, just gorgeous, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. and the way she plays that she's so good she's so good and and her and marnie uh, marnie her and murray like they're sparring yes. back and forth perfect huh hilarious just just such a funny couple mm-hmm. so many classic scenes with both of them mm-hmm. um so let's see another another what was i don't know what else i was gonna say yeah Ask me questions, Shelley. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me ask if you <laughs> now we talked about this one because I, I I would ask if you saw this in the theater, but we we did. We saw this in the mm-hmm. theater after I think I, I went and saw it seven times after the first time. Well that was kind of a thing. We would go back and watch the ones that we really liked a lot. I feel like this movie, Clueless, at thirteen years old, was possibly Maybe my first obsession. Do you know what I mean? Like this was mm-hmm. the movie that mm-hmm. just you wanted to know more about it. You wanted to know how it was made, <laughs> like the clothes, yep. the people. Yep, yep. Paul Rudd was so huge at the time. He had done mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet with with Claire Danes and Leo. Yep, and it, it, that was around this time. Mm-hmm. But he was just so good and so yes. just attractive. In that early '90s grunge kind of way, and I, I still like, feel like he still looks the exact same. <laughs> he does. He's like a little. He's a. He's got a boy. I don't know. Boyish, he's got boyish features. Boyish charm. He does. He does. Um, and I can recall just being like what you're talking about. Everybody was obsessed with Paul Rudd, but. Not I, not I. You weren't? You didn't have a crush on Paul Rudd? My crush was Alicia Silverstone. No, I get it, because (laughs) she was gorgeous. My crush was her, and she was, I can, like, remember, like, just remember being, like, oh, my gosh, and having these feelings, like, she's so beautiful. Uh And Uh all of my friends were like, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd. Uh And I'm like, Brooke and Meyer. Breckenmeyer, Breckenmeyer. And I'm just like, but I don't get it mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Malicia Silverstone makes me feel something. Right. So, you know, I credit Clueless and Alicia Silverstone with helping me, like, maybe be like, oh, I'm different. I'm different. Oh, I don't have know? these same feelings. Yes. <laughs> well, and that's, that is. Very valid because at the time, I mean, she was 17. She was only a few years. She's only a few mm-hmm. years older than us. Mm-hmm. And she was just the way she, her character was, was so, I know I use this word a lot, but it was so empowering because she was just yeah. like, you know, I am a ditz. I am a dingbat, but I mm-hmm. still have, you know, quality input. This is what I liked about her. And I think I caught, I think I picked up on it. Um, even at 13, that one scene where she's doing a little inner monologue and she's like, just like, ah, she doesn't date high school boys. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not her thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have the slow motion shot of all the skater boy stoners <laughs> with baggy pants. Mm. And, like, and she's saying like, 
it's what's up with high school guys? Like they roll out of bed, they have greasy hair, they put a hat on backwards that they cover up their greasy hair, and yeah. you're expected to swoon. Yeah. And she's like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know. And I I remember thinking to myself, like, well, yeah, yeah. It was like somebody said it in a movie that I heard first time, like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have to swoon over. I don't have to swoon over these Jinko wearing dudes with their, like, boxers yes. hanging out of their pants. No, I don't have to. Like, everyone else can, but Cher said this in Clueless, so I'm, um, I don't have to. I'm sticking to it. I agree with to. it. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I love I, that. Absolutely. So, what, what was the most, like, memorable scene for you? Oh, there's so many. I know I said that last week, but okay. So the one that is the most memorable and I think just hilarious is the freeway scene with Dion and Murray and Cher in the backseat. Well, they're just screaming. <laughs> She's getting up on the – she's not supposed to get on the freeway, <laughs> but she ends up accidentally getting on the freeway, and it's just mayhem. And the big 18-wheelers yeah. are, mm-hmm. like, coming up on them, and there's an old lady that passes them and flips them off, <laughs> and they're just screaming. <laughs> And Murray, like that shot of Murray, you know, where they, he's just yelling. He's like, ah, what are you doing? He said uh, in an interview, too, that he said, that scene and that shot got me, like, my career. Like, I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for that that scene. Where he's screaming with the, the microphone. Girls. Yes. In, well, the, I, in the car. On the so freeway. memorable. Like you, it you watch Clues and you're like, oh yeah, where she got on the highway because it's been 16 <laughs> and you accidentally got on the highway. Do you remember that's, getting that's on the, the highway? I do for I the first time. Well, first of all, terrifying. our highway wasn't really a highway, but it <laughs> no, it wasn't. We thought it was. <laughs> it was a loop, the loop. a the loop. loop. And if you're yes. on it, you gotta go fast. And you gotta merge in quick. <laughs> oh my god i can't imagine being that age in la getting on oh my god getting on a freeway in la is terrifying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that that scene is oh, just so memorable i love the party scene too where they go to the mm-hmm. party in the valley in the valley oh yeah and you got the rolling with the homies song rolling with the homies, with the homies. absolutely and the shoe knocks uh, knocks tie out. <laughs> I really do and have character more than I would like. <laughs> I do too. Do you know what another hilarious scene that I love <laughs> is when she goes to that dance? Um, it's Mighty Mighty Boston's right mm, where the band mm-hmm. is playing. Yeah, um, and she's like waving to share. <laughs> and there's the steps, and she just goes boo boo boo, tumbles down <laughs> the steps. <laughs> I die every time I watch it because I'm just It's so relatable when you're like at this place and you're trying to be cool and you're trying to like look hip and then you walk in and you just bust your ass. Bust your ass. Yep. There's no coming back from it. Yes. (laughs) Then she tells Cher, she's like, oh, my God, Cher, everybody saw that. She's like, don't worry, nobody saw it. And a guy comes over and he's like, oh, my God, are you okay? That looked nasty. (laughs) So funny. I mean, that's happened to me a few times. 
me too. Just a few times. Yeah, me too. I, I, so I'm funny. pretty clumsy. I mean, yes. But the, I, I love that scene too because you see her and she just, you can tell she's uncomfortable because she's trying yes. to figure out what to do with her shirt. She, yes. She ties it around her waist. Then mm-hmm. she puts it around her chest. Then she puts it on her head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, if you've ever been an outcast and you're just trying to fit in, you know how she fits. You know Ty. Like, you identify with Ty for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh. If you've ever felt uncomfortable in your own skin, I think Ty was extremely relatable. Well, and just the way she came around at the end is like, you know... Travis, you know, finally, and Cher was kind yeah, of, you know what? maybe I shouldn't yeah. push people together that don't belong together. <laughs> you know, exactly. that was a hard lesson to learn. But It was. Uh, I mean, there's so many memorable classic scenes. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the first classroom scene, you know, at the school with Mr. Hall, and it's the debate. And she's in that famous yellow plaid, like the famous yellow plaid. Yeah. You know. And she's doing her little debate about um, oppress. I think Mr. Hall puts it as should oppressed people receive um, America's, you know, support mm-hmm. and systems pretty much. Hey, we're still arguing about this shit today. Oh, really? Oops, yeah. Sorry. I mm. said the best one. Anyway, <clears throat> so Cher goes on this little rant with the, 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 the Hadians, the Hadians. <laughs> Um, she just she ties it back together to a, a party that she threw for her dad, and how many people did not RSVP, but they showed up, and um, you know didn't order enough catering for the people that showed up, and so she tied that together with maybe, you know, our our system, our refugee system here in the country. She's like, I mean, why can't the government just get in the kitchen, figure out some stuff, rearrange some stuff, mm-hmm. and just figure it out? And you know, so the Statue, Statue of Liberty, Liberty does not, not say RSVP. There you go. It's Good job, Cher. And then so she pulls the gum out of her mouth. It, she pulls it and talks and then puts it right back in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so great. And I just yeah. I love Wallace Shawn, his his expressions after she talks, he's like, "What you know, in the hell? Okay, where did you come up with that?" And in her mind, it makes one hundred percent sense. Yes, it does. One hundred. Yes, it does. So, <clears throat> do you think this movie has aged well? I do. I think this movie has aged perfectly. Like I said, I think the '90s are like popular again. I think the music. Is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like the soundtrack is perfect. Mm-hmm. Every music cue is perfect. The outfits, I mean, they're wearing this stuff today. The themes of the movie age well. I I also appreciate that there wasn't there wasn't like homophobia in this movie when mm-hmm. we meet the Christian character. Mm-hmm. We figure out that he's gay. Um, Murray and my has cousin that. Like figured that out. Very quickly. Quickly. Shelly did not figure that out very quickly when she was a kid. <laughs> it went straight over Andrew's head. And yeah. It just, yeah. I didn't get it. And then straight my cousin's like, head. oh, he's dancing with a guy. <laughs> yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> and like, how many on. how many guys did I have a crush on that? That were, were gay? Are gay. Many. Are gay. Mm-hmm. 
So well, I, I see Claire's, um, not Claire, I see, you know, um, Cher's mm-hmm. dilemma in this. So she's like, I don't know. Yeah. He's just very well dressed and he loves shopping. Yeah, because she's not going to date these guys that don't wash their hair and they don't mm-hmm. dress good and she's going to save herself for somebody special. Well, there you go. Well, she's saving herself for room. Luke Perry. And yes, when Christian walks is. in and looks like Luke Perry, I mean, that's a close second. So, yes. Yeah. Um, the only thing I notice that does not age well to me is they do use the R word. I've noticed that one too. time. I was like, oh, yeah. which that was in a lot of older movies. Very common. Yes. In vernacular. Not something that we should use today. No. It's a derogatory <laughs> no. term. But I, I think maybe that was the only word that. Stood That's out. the only thing that yeah. stood out to me too, because I was mm-hmm. like, you know, this 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 holds up pretty well. The it really does, and just the way you know they really showcase the different kinds of characters in LA at the time. You know, yes. you've got all the girls with the nose drops. Mm-hmm. You've got you know the girls that are just <laughs> like always on a diet and yes. skinny, 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 and. Yes. You know, shopping and it, mm-hmm. it was it was perfect for the time. It was. Do you know what I think? Also, kind of was like kind of ahead of its time was the use of cell phones in this movie. Oh yeah, I'm not sure at that time that cell phones were used in a movie no. like that, but you could tell that it was you know the rich, privileged kids mm-hmm. got cell phones and they all had their own. And they used and share even had own. the little. She even had the little like cell phone carrier thing that she did, like yes. during the PE scene when she's trying. To yes, talk oh, her way out of the PE ball. scene. There's another classic scene. I'm not allowed to have also, any balls flying at my nose. Because oh oh, you're social line. Do you know what also <laughs> went straight over my head is Miss Stoger, the PE teacher, was a lesbian, and they oh, yeah. pretty much stated in the movie. Oh, they do. Like she's they do. But we were <laughs> one of the scenes that Cher's no trying to argue her way mm-hmm. out of the grade. You can hear Cher saying, "I was broken hearted by men. They're horrible." Miss Stoger's back there. They're horrible. They're all horrible. Mm-hmm. They'll break your heart. They'll never change. <laughs> Like there's just that little well, and when she's in the teachers' lounge and she's going looking yeah. at the teachers, she's like, "There's some math teachers, and they're somehow married, and they look yes. like old biddies." And then she looks <laughs> yes. at the PE teacher. She's like, "The PE teachers seem to be same sex oriented." Yes, <laughs> and I think she says like in the grand tradition of PE teachers, <laughs> they're same sex oriented. Yes, accurate. Yeah, accurate. So that that went straight over my head as. As a thirteen-year-old mm-hmm. too, it's so anyway, good. It is so good. So I, I think it ages just perfectly. And if you haven't watched it, which we didn't do a spoiler alert, but go watch Clueless. It's not. It, it will not leaving. Let me try that again. Let me try that whole <laughs> sentence again. It will not leave you feeling bad. You're going to be happy when you watch it because it's just ridiculous. And funny. It's ridiculous. It's funny. It's cute. It's everything you want in a high school movie. I don't think mm-hmm. that we get like the. I, I think it ushered in a new era of just nineties classic. Oh yeah, American Pie. Like, can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. Ten things, things I hate about, about you. you. So uh, 
Yeah. We don't get those unless clueless happens. And I still, I mean, I think like even some of the new ones they've tried to make lately, just they're, they're just not as good as clueless. It, oh, mean girls. So like, different. I love mean girls. No, mean girls is say. amazing. Mean girls is great. We'll probably do a mean girls podcast. We will. Absolutely. We will. But it, like, I don't know, like the super bads and like the the run. I love those movies. Love I them too. But they're not the same. It's not the same. They're not the same. They're mm-hmm. very raunchy. Whereas this one they're is raunchy. more like silly, smart, intelligent. It's smart, intelligent. It's silly. You don't have to it's have silly. the raunch because you have other, you know, jokes that work for yeah. that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really funny. Agreed. Agreed. I think a lot of people just kind of view this movie on the surface like, okay, it's just a cute little like high school movie. And I mm-hmm. actually think this movie is, like we just said, extremely intelligent. It is one of the best adaptations of a novel, I think, period. Like, period. It is. It's great. It is. Um, and I think there's a lot of a lot of things to this movie that make it hold up and stand up and i think it's a perfect movie i don't think there's one wasted scene in this movie no there's not um i just if you were even if you weren't in the 90s a teenager in the Mm -hmm. 90s you still they just they have things that are just really specific to being a teenager in the u.s you know trying to get your license trying to you know navigate those social circles and just the way, you know, even this privileged, perfect white girl doesn't always have it together. And I think that right. was good to see. I think so, too. I, I think she was an unlikable but likable character, complex, uh, mm-hmm. little 17-year-old girl that uh, knew what she wanted, thought she knew better, but she learned her lesson. She learned, I think she learns her lesson at the end. Absolutely. So. There you go. Great pick, Yandra. Thank Great you. Great pick. It, I, again, I think this was the one that started my obsession, possibly. I get it. It, it was one of the, it's one of the best. One of the best. And yeah. we all wanted to dress like them and wear the same stuff. So <laughs> totally related. We did. Yeah. Do you know, okay, I have to add this, that I met Alicia Silverstone. <gasps> you met, I do. I remember you meeting Alicia. Do you Alicia. remember this? Yes. In New York. Yes. And I just remember, oh my God, she's just as beautiful in in real life. She was. Okay, so my it's very fast because we gotta go ahead, get on to Shelly's movie. Um so I had an ex fiance well, boyfriend way back in the day that took his family took us to New York. Should I even talk about this? Anyway, Absolutely. we went to a Broadway show. We went to a Broadway show. And Elisa Silverstone and Kathleen Turner, legend Kathleen, Kathleen. Turner. Um, they were doing The Graduate, you know, the based Ooh. on the, the movie, Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman movie. And so we went and watched the play, and I was we were in like the fourth row, and you know, I just told you I was obsessed with Alicia Silverstone. Well, and she, I was like she was such a 90s icon too. She was. Oh my god. She's like, the reason Aerosmith I dyed videos. my hair blonde. Aerosmith videos. The Aerosmith videos. The, I remember her on The Crush. The Crush. Blast from the Past. Blast from the Past. I remember that one. I mean, I dyed my hair blonde because of her and Clueless. Yes. I mean, and I, I think she was like different looking, which mm-hmm. I appreciate that too. Anyway, 
Um, so went to see the play, waited afterward, got her to come out. Kathleen Turner came out first and she signed my playbill. And she said, I think I said, you were so great in the play. And she goes, thank you, darling. Thank you, darling. <clears throat> Very Kathleen. Thank you, darling. Very in her deep voice, which I do not have, as you can tell. But, uh, and then Alicia Silverstone came out and she wasn't taking pictures, but this was pre cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I had me a little disposable camera. And oh, before yes. selfies were selfies, I said, Can you please? I just love you. I mean, you don't understand. I love Clueless you. made my life. Clueless made, I mean, you like made me realize I was gay. I don't know if I said that because that was with a, you were, you were engaged. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yes. um, We've all had previous lives. <laughs> yes. Yes. So she was very nice. And she was like, yeah, just do it. Do it quick. And so I turned my little disposable camera around, took a selfie with Alicia Silverstone. took a selfie with freaking Alicia Silverstone Alicia on a disposable Silverstone. camera. Who can say there that? You go. Who can say that? I mean, gosh. It just the best legendary. Of my life. Legendary. Yeah. That was, that was it. That's it. What a way. What a way to end that one. That was good. I'm so, I forgot you met her. You, you've met some cool people. And you have, we'll have to talk about the autograph golf ball at some time. Yes. At at a later point, but we'll get there. We got it. Shelly, and we have great stories too that we're going to share as we We get into this more. We do. We just, (laughs) we've been obsessed with movies and we try to like be involved if we can. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> you got to be assertive, right? That's right. It may not always work, but <laughs> there might be a security guard that tells you to leave, but that's okay because we might tried. Be, yeah, we tried. <laughs> Tune in to find out what. Tune we in to about. find out more. We'll explain it later. Yeah. No, good yep. times. Great pick. All right. Clueless was excellent. If you haven't seen it, well, thank cool. you. I mean, Just I'm going to have to steal it. one of Andrew's lines from last week. But what are you doing with your life? What are you <laughs> doing with your one? life? Go watch it's So good. So good. And if you haven't seen it in a while, go watch it again. No, it's Just so good. Go I hadn't it. seen it in probably 20 years. Yep. And yep. I just segway into. I was I crying. I was laughing so hard. It's so funny. Okay. Segue that into. Uh, I had not seen Big Lebowski in about 20 years mm. until. I just rewatched it, mm-hmm. and boy, what a movie! If this movie and is is I, I mean, again, icon- legend in its own right, yeah, legendary. It, it yep. was a different. It also was, um, you know, the Big Lebowski was ninety eight, so there's a lot of good nineties vibes with this one. Also oh, yeah. set in California, yep. um, in L.A., Los Angeles, as Sam Elliott. That's what- that Says was it. one of the things that I find in common is they're two great California movies. They're great California movies. And it, it, when you watch it, when we get to the scene where Walter is spreading the ashes for their fallen comrade, um, he just he talks <laughs> about from the beaches of La Jolla to Pismo. And I'm like, yes. oh, Clueless. Clueless, me too. That's what yeah, I was thinking. So it's like, oh, Clueless. Clueless. Very different. California. Yep. Very, very different, but so good. Um, <laughs> so funny. This movie was one of the first movies I watched. And I'm like, there are fellow weirdos on the planet and they yes. make movies. And I love them. Yes. And their names are the Cohen brothers. And oh my God. Oh, Cohen brothers. They, 
I have a few favorite actors, but their duo is probably one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. They're some of my favorite directors, writers. And and the thing about the Coen brothers, they write yeah. the movies they direct. And uh, one of the fun things that I was reading about this is, you know, Jeff Bridges, who plays the dude, is just, he's a phenomenal actor. If you haven't seen Jeff Bridges, uh, he does uh, no. amazing work. And every role he does is somehow different. Do you know um, what, Shelley? I'm going to interrupt you for a second and say, I think Jeff Bridges might be one of my favorite Mm. actors of all time. Like you said, Anthony Hopkins was, I think Jeff Bridges Mm -hmm. is. No, he's so good. And, um, you know, he's been in stuff lately. That's been absolutely phenomenal. If y'all haven't seen the Mm -hmm. remake of true grit that came out several years ago, gosh, yeah, he was in in that. Well, true grit, you know, was a John Wayne movie and and so good. But when they redid it, just perfect. Just perfect. Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld was amazing in that mm-hmm. too. I believe Matt Damon yeah. had a cameo in that too. He did. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Such a, okay. I'm getting distracted. But <laughs> Jeff Bridges is phenomenal. And um, when I was reading this, you know, he he had been in several movies prior, obviously. His mm. brother Bo, you know, they're they're just a they're a Hollywood family. And his um, dad is his dad's a also a famous actor. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. But Jeff, Jeff Bridges, you know, he signed on to do this role. And mm-hmm. um, John Goodman. <laughs> First of all, John Goodman is one of those actors that, you know, our, our family, we watched Roseanne. We watched the Flintstones movie. We watched, yes. you know, John Goodman. I was such a big actor in the, in the 80s and 90s. And this mm-hmm. role... They, you know, they kind of wrote it for John Goodman. Um, and I don't think yes. anybody else could have played Walter no, the way John Goodman I don't plays see Walter. Anybody else playing him? He's, what a character. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, what I love about the Coen brothers, they're, they're very smart. They're very, they're very, you know, different, mm-hmm. but they, they know what they like and they have a certain vision for things. And it, always works somehow um i love the i love the writing because there's always twists and turns but john goodman paired up with the coen brothers frequently john goodman um steve buscemi um and uh let's see which other one there was another one um i've got to i gotta find it but another actor another actor in here and they pretty much based the roles around them seymour hoffman well, he was in it. I don't think that was the one. I'm trying to remember who else it is. I, I thought I wrote it down. But <clears throat> there were a couple of inspirations for for characters in this movies. And the Quinn brothers, and another reason I love them, they 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 tend to take inspiration from people around them, people they've met in their lives. And the dude is inspired by one of their one of their friends, um, who was an independent film producer, or I'm sorry, an independent film promoter, and his name was Jeff the Dude doubt and <laughs> oh <gosh>. he <laughs> this guy and he's an independent film producer but he also was like <laughs> he was like a member of the seattle seven which was like a kind of a less left-wing group that would protest against you know um 
different things in the government. It mostly mm-hmm. the, the Seattle seven kind of started, <laughs> they didn't start the riot, but there was a riot that was started due to a protest. <laughs> they were indicted. Jeff Dowd was <clears throat> one of them. Long okay. story short, but he, they said he's basically the dude. Like you see him yeah. and you're like, this is how he lives his life. And the role of Walter was <laughs> inspired by another <laughs> uh, one of their friends named John Milius, who was like, they call him an infamously bombastic right winger with an obsession with all things <laughs> militaristic and an enthusiasm uh-huh. for guns. And it, it just like the, oh, it, first of all, I think a lot of people need to realize if you're watching the big Lebowski or any Coen brothers movie, it's largely satirical. Like, yes, there are things in this movie that are very, very inappropriate. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> mostly the racial slurs that Walter says and uses, but yes. then he'll turn around yeah. and tell the dude, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian That's Americans, right. please, dude. But then he'll yes. go off and talk about horrible things, you know? Yes. So it's, it's kind of funny that cherry picking that they, um, that they feature with Walter because he's so, it's so accurate. <laughs> it is. I, oh my gosh. So I told accurate. Dana. I did. I was like, I know dudes. Not. I know guys like this. Mm-hmm. I still know guys like this. Um, And I may have made some comment that if, you know, if Walter's around today, he's, he's going to be on a particular side <laughs> of the aisle. If you know what I mean, he may have shown up at the Capitol <laughs> on a certain date. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, that's Walter. And and the thing I yeah. love about Walter, he does not care. He he, he doesn't care. He's going to say what he's going to say. And he's kind of like a big kid, you know. I'm going to drink yes, my coffee. Yes, he is. I'm staying and I'm drinking my coffee. You know, at the scene where he just goes totally ballistic in the cafe and the lady's like, you're going to have to leave. And dude just bounces. He's just, he goes off. But I love Show the return. Show yes. and he's he's Jewish too. Well, he converted to Judaism he, for his ex-wife he, Cynthia. He claims, yes. <laughs> yeah, does he knock out somebody and say like anti-Semite? Like, he does. He, he knocks out one of yeah. the nihilists. <laughs> yes. So, it's just a lot of different pieces of these of this movie that's just like. You watch it, and if you don't realize that they're poking fun at some of these people, you're yes. like, this is incredibly offensive. <laughs> Which, yes. I mean, yeah, there are some points there that are incredibly offensive. But at the same time, I love how they showcase that and make fun of them. That's kind of the point, of that. right? It's exactly yep. the point. And yep. another one of my favorite characters in this is led by Julianne Moore. And oh. I know I mentioned Julianne Moore last week briefly because she was in um, the sequels to Silence of the Lambs. She was in Hannibal. She was in Red Dragon. But Julianne Moore is just a phenomenal actress. And she is. Her in this role (laughs) is about the funniest thing I've ever seen because she plays this. Hilarious. She plays this artist. And um, (laughs) I was reading and it says, (laughs) according to Julianne, the character of Maude, which. What a pretentious name. Maud. Maud. Oh, and the way she yes. talks. Is yes. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find that the doctor is Thera. And Thera. 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 <laughs> um, love it. But it, 
she was based on this um, artist, Carolee uh, Shinneman, who, <laughs> and I probably said her last name wrong, but she used to work naked from a swing like oh, when she did her paintings. Yeah. So if that, uh-huh. if you understand, that's kind of where they drew that inspiration. But they also kind of added in a dash of Yoko Ono. <laughs> Just this like <laughs> totally like free spirit kind of seeing things in a very artistic lens but you also tell from the minute the dude walks in that she's just totally on this other level of pretentiousness and like Mm -hmm. wealth where she has no grasp of what's going on in in like a normal working person's life and i love that about her yes me too she was hilarious in this role i mean Mm -hmm. just your typical uh, I don't know, just pretentious artist, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also, elite. You know, she's very elite. elite. Yes. And she's very. got her friend I- there, David Thelwies, Professor Lupin, anyone? <laughs> just, it, that's Professor yeah. Lupin, in case you haven't. Anyway, David Thelwies sitting there as the as the bald, just sitting there laughing. <laughs> just and just laughing. that scene, if you've ever kind of hung with with people from that kind of group, They've always got something going on, like yes. it's a little bit internal, and you're like, I don't understand what is happening here. But they understand. What are you laughing at? What are you? Yeah, laughing and the at? dude's like, what like, is what so funny? And they talk to yeah. him like, it's this random, like obscure thing. Why don't you know? You're so stupid. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> just the the whole vibe is so accurate. And I, it, it you is. know, when we were talking about Clueless and that whole. Mm-hmm kind of California scene. I feel like the the Coen brothers really kind of took that group of people and were like, this is how they act. Yes. <laughs> and you know, they hang with those mm-hmm. people because they're the Coen brothers, but you know, they're probably yes, like, exactly. I'm taking notes on this for later because they probably like hung ridiculous. out at the bowling alley for like a year and just took notes and observed of it. Well, and which leads me. Go ahead. To, go to ahead. Ask Shelly. Um, Tell us, tell the listeners the plot really fast. Of the oh, yes. Let me, let me tell the plot really fast. So the I plot, think we both got like at its, on that, but go ahead. No, but at its core, the plot is really about the dude wanting to get his rug back. Um, <laughs> this whole movie, if you look at the plot and break it down, you're like, if they hadn't come in and just peed on his rug, it would be fine. And none of this yeah. would happen. But it, it, we, we see... <laughs> We hear Sam Elliott, who just Sam Elliott and that mustache—you can't go wrong with that mustache. But he's got the best narrated, like narration voice. You know it's him. You You know know it's it's him him on the movie. You know it's him. You see this tumbleweed, and you're like, he calls it Los Angeles. You know, it's very Sam Elliott, and he's talking about the dude who's just this character. And I love the way they set that up because you're—it's like you're seeing this glimpse of this person who is kind of. He's got a name like the man, the myth, the legend. But then you, when you meet mm-hmm. him, you're like, this guy is such a deadbeat. He, yes. <laughs> he's unemployed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yes. is so poor that he has to write a 69 cent check that is postdated mm-hmm. for like a year. He can't cash it right now. <laughs> he's got to postdate that check at Ralph's for his half and half yeah. to make his Caucasian. Anyway, yeah. that is him. And when he's home, he's smoking you know, a roach in the bathtub listening mm-hmm. to his whale sounds or he is out <laughs> bowling with his friends. Yeah, and when you meet it. the friends, 
I mean, that's just what they do. They're, mm-hmm. they hang out at the alley, they bull, yep. and that is their life. And, um, yep. you know, the dude, he, he gets mixed up in this, this crazy kidnapping scheme um, because he shares a name with a millionaire named Jeffrey Lebowski, who um, is very different from this Jeffrey Lebowski. And I, I love the scene where, um, you know, Jackie Treehorn's guys, we found out later, they're Jackie Treehorn's thugs come in and they they give him swirlies in the toilet and they're like, you know, your wife is running over. He's like, do you see a ring on my finger? Look around you. Do wife. you think I have a wife? <laughs> the toilet the seat was up. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they drop the bully ball, at, you know, and he pees on his oh, yeah. It's like that really tied the room together. Yeah. It, it, that's basically the whole movie. So he goes on a quest to find his rug, number one. Yes. Number two, he gets involved in this, this crazy scheme. And he's like, you know what? We can make some money off of this. But I think the the best part is that Walter really pushes any kind of financial scheme by saying, uh, we, and, and, and Jeffrey's like, or the dude's like, we, this isn't, I'm doing this. this I'm Lebowski. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So they, they kind of go off and, and they're, they're tasked with finding Bunny, which is Tara Reed. Um, I Bunny, totally forgot that Tara, Tara Reed, Reed in this movie. Tara Reed when she before she was Tara Reed now was yeah cute Tara she Reed back kind then. Of, yeah, you know she was, she, was deal. she had a very specific type of look and vibe, and I mm-hmm. think that didn't help her in life. Um, yeah, but this movie was so good, and that she was she was Bunny. She was your typical trophy wife for mm-hmm. this wheelchair wheelchair bound millionaire. And, um, you know, she goes missing. And, and so, you know, <laughs> the big Lebowski, which is the millionaire, Jeffrey Lebowski, mm-hmm. and his assistant, Philip Seifmoor Hoffman, who is so oh, good that's at, another one. at looking just absolutely uncomfortable with everything yes. the dude says. He's like, oh, don't yes. touch that. Oh, it's <laughs> so funny. He just plays such a great, like, anal retentive character. And he does, you know, so the dude gets roped into this, this thing where he's got to get bunny back with this money and he's got a briefcase full of money and he's got to meet the kidnappers. And then Walter gets involved and decides to make a briefcase with a ringer with, which holds his, his dirty laundry, his whites. And they decide to, uh, you know, go and make the exchange. Walter messes it up. There's like a, a machine gun involved. There's a lot of business. So they yeah, don't he get messes the money. up the whole thing. It, it just the thing. there's not really a, a straightforward way to explain the plot. All I can say is mm. the dude goes for a ride. He ends up at Jackie Treehorn's estate, which is very much a nod to Hugh Hefner. We see that he's in like this kind of playboy type mansion you know he's hanging out with jackie treehorn and malibu he gets he gets beat up by the the chief of police in malibu throws a mug at his head tells him to stay out of the beach community you you stay out of my my safe beachside Mm -hmm. community yeah Yeah. and the whole time they know they're, they're like you know i think the best part of the movie is the the dude is kind of seen as just this idiot that doesn't know what's going on because he's a deadbeat. 
but he's not an idiot. He just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, I love that he figures out pretty quickly that Bunny kidnapped herself and that, you know, the big Lebowski's kind of trying to get rid of her. And he's in the middle of all this, but he's just like, I'm going to see where this goes because Maude's offering money. This guy's offering money. I'm just going to do whatever. And then you've got Walter and, you know, Donnie. Donnie, Donnie who just, mm-hmm. you're out of your element. Like, Donnie. Yeah. Just the best. Um, Anytime Donnie would say anything just cracked me up because he was, he was pretty much spot on right about Everything. Well, here's the thing. I, I relate to Donnie in a few ways. I do too. <laughs> Whenever they're like yes. at the opening seat. <laughs> and he's just trying to talk. And he's like, what's going on, dude? And all, you know, Walter's like, you're out of your element, Donnie. You're out of your element. <laughs> I feel, I feel that. <laughs> I'm always like, I what, did too. What's going on? You're out of your element. Okay. Don't tell me, but I still don't know what's going on. And just poor Donnie. Poor Donnie. Just I did relate to Donnie. He's loyal and sweet, and he's the only one that really understands what's going on, but he's just so dismissed. <laughs> so he's dismissed, <laughs> and he's probably the smartest mm-hmm. one of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, just very wonderful comic uh, relief here. Anytime he would say anything, you'd get Walter. That would just tell him to just shut up. Tell him off to shut up. Shut up. You're out of your um, element. You don't know what you're talking about. And really, yeah. the dude only talks to Donnie like once when they're in the parking lot and the nihilists I are know. there. He's like, should we be afraid? He's like, no, no. These men are nihilists. <laughs> <Can't remember laughs> just, just hilarious. And Steve Buscemi is such He's one of my favorites because he's such a trooper. I know. He knows he's not the most attractive man, but he plays it yes. to it. And he works yep. with the Coen brothers often. And um, mm-hmm. one of the things that's that's kind of funny about this movie, and it, it, Steve Buscemi and John Goodman, they they work with you know the Coen brothers pretty frequently. And Steve Buscemi was in he um, was in Fargo, and if you've ever seen Fargo. Fargo. And, you know, Steve Buscemi does not, spoiler alert, he does not survive that movie. Um, he also no. does not survive Miller's Crossing. Um, no. And in those Same movies, up. it's kind of a running gag. If you're like a really big nerd like me, you will notice mm-hmm. that in, in um, Miller's Crossing, Steve Buscemi dies and he's remembered. Um, but in Miller's Crossing, in Miller's Crossing, he said he's seen as like a whole body on the ground. So you see that he's dead in Miller's Crossing. And um, Fargo, you see one of his limbs mm-hmm. <laughs> being fed into a wood chipper. So there's part of him. And then um, the, yeah. the last bit with the Big Lebowski was that he was ashes. So they were like, you know, we wanted to completely <laughs> get rid of his character. That's so funny. That's a great observation. Yeah. Yep. So that was just kind of a funny aside. Great tidbit. Um, yep. Because they work together, and Jeff Jeff Bridges, um, you know, when he got this role, he was very excited to work with with these people, especially John Goodman. And he called John Goodman, and he was like, you know, when are we getting our rewrites for the scenes? I need to learn my new lines. Hmm. Whenever the directors rewrite scenes after they filmed some and decide that they need to change some things, John Goodman said, "Um, we're on a Coen Brothers movie; they do not <laughs> rewrite their own material." <laughs> So, oh no! What you have, you're gonna get, and that's what you get. Very accurate. It was very accurate. Mm-hmm. So, well, they have such a unique 
uh, point of view, and mm-hmm. you know it's a Coen Brothers movie when mm-hmm. you watch it, just because of the language and the um, language. And if you are not a fan of the f bomb, this might not be the movie yeah. for you. Let me see. Um, I wrote this down because I thought it was <laughs> okay. The f bomb was dropped, or a variation of was dropped about two hundred ninety-two times. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a lot. It's yeah. almost a Tarantino, <laughs> you know. So, I was about to say, yep, almost a Tarantino film. They they almost. they say that one, and then they also say the word "dude." <laughs> Let me find. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta find it because they say the dude uh, or man. man. They say yep. man almost every single line, and and yep. Jeff Bridges is like, I said man about eight hundred times in that movie. It was all <laughs> scripted. He's like the only scripted line I didn't have was when I called him a human paraquat, and oh, wow, <laughs> he's like that was improvised. <laughs> but the rest of it was just this. He was just like this. This aggression will not stand, man. Like <laughs> very like yes. total California surfer stoner. Dude. California surfer vibe. All Absolutely. Of it. And if you've been to California, you know they talk like this. Yeah, it's not a. Um, it's not an insult. Nope. But also he's not, he's not part of the working class. So he's just like, he's very mellow, very laid back. All he really wants is his, his rug back. Then they take his car. He just wants his tape deck and his credence back. You know, Uh he's a simple man of simple tastes. If they just hadn't come in and peed on his rug, which they also, oh, they also referred to the dude's rug being peed on about 17 times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you're looking for a theme, uh, there's yeah. not really a strong theme, but it's it's still one of the most Think. quoted, like yes. watched movies. There are there are film festivals for the Big Lebowski. The Coen Brothers said they went to a movie theater in um, I think it was in the early 2000s, and they saw this mm-hmm. a bunch of the Big Lebowski. Um, posters kind of rolled up in a corner and they asked one of the the people working at the theater they were like what why do you have a bunch of big lebowski posters and uh, she said oh well every night we show the movie at the theater and people dress up and come in and drink white russians you should come and she had no idea she talked to the coen wow <laughs> you know can you imagine wow can you imagine no and just the I fact that imagine. they made a movie where they have like People dress up and go and watch the movie. I mean, that's amazing. It's a. I mean, that's a. It's a lasting impact. It's a cult classic, if you will. It is. But it I is think a cult, cult classic. Classics, it grows and grows and it lives on and it becomes just iconography in a way. Like Absolutely. The dude's sweater. The dude's sweater. I just so, saw. Listen. I just saw have the same the, fact. Can the you news tell me this morning? Okay. Well, I was watching my morning program. I sound very old. CBS Sunday morning shout mm-hmm. out. They were doing a story on uh, this company called Pendleton mm-hmm. that makes blankets and it like goes back to Native American times. They make they made the dude sweater and they still make the dude sweater. So is this the one that's like for three hundred dollars? Yes, that okay. one. So I was talking about yeah. this. I saw this movie. I watched it Friday night with my friend uh-huh. Anna, and we we love <laughs> this movie. And it's mm-hmm. not 
And my mom's like, well, why? And if you're not <laughs> one of these people, you're probably like, what is, I don't get it. But it's just so funny because it's so it stupid. And you can see things like even now, if they were to do this in 2023, there would still be a dude and he would still be yeah. doing stupid dude things. And yes. there'd still be a Walter. It would just be yep. in 20, in Walter's always 20, talking about mom, even, yeah. even at the funeral. <laughs> Everything. You know? Everything he refers back to Nam. I think it's hilarious. Every situation that he's in, Walter mm-hmm. will always incorporate Vietnam. He in will. He takes. <laughs> and now we were watching this party, <laughs> and Anna goes, he takes everything so personally. <laughs> yes. <Because> everything <laughs> is against him. Everything mm-hmm. is against. I did not see my friend's life face down in the muck so that we could. And, 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 you know, the dude's like, this has nothing, nothing to, to do, do with what we're doing right now. We're just what trying. are you talking about, man? I do not roll on Shama Shabbos. And you're entering a world of pain. Like, just unbelievable. 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 And it's so funny to have the complete opposite in the dude and mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges' character being like, Whatever, you are man. out of line. What are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. You're just insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does Vietnam have to do with what anything? does Vietnam have to do with Donnie's death while you're spreading his What does it? And I'm sorry. <laughs> they're if you, spreading the ashes. If you watch anything, if you haven't seen the movie, if you don't want to see the movie, that's fine. I get it. But go on YouTube and look mm-hmm. up the ash scene on the Big Lebowski. Because if you've ever been in a funeral home, mm-hmm. that's how funeral home directors act. They're just kind of very yes. arrogant. They're like, I assume this will be a credit card. That is our most re- modest receptacle. Like, and I'm nothing against funeral directors, but you know, he's like, that's one hundred thirty-eight dollars well, for a for a vase. <laughs> you got a around here. I mean. They're salespeople. They're trying to They're sell salespeople. Something. They're salespeople. Yep. And they. <laughs> Sorry. The fact if that they go. Well, yes, me too. But it, it, the fact <laughs> that they go and get a Folgers can, put their friend in them, and then <laughs> that it ends up all over the dude. There's nothing it's, else you yeah. need to know. That is huh. it's the vibe of this yep. movie. Yep. But you know people who have relationships like that and friendships like that. And you see how pissed off the dude is at the end because he's held it together for so long. And he's like, yeah, what the hell? What the <laughs> hell did this have to do with Nam? But, you know, they also see you see Walter there just kind of like give up and he they give each other a hug. And I feel like it's so good to see that moment of humanity because, you know, you've got yes. this ridiculous, ridiculous person mm-hmm. who, who knows he's ridiculous. And you've got the dude yes, who's just does. the opposite. They're mm-hmm. both grieving their friend that they didn't really mm-hmm. pay attention to. <laughs> it just you're like, that's humanity. That's humanity. Yep. You know, it is. It's so good. That's a great point. Yep. So, Shelly, question: mm-hmm. Did you do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I saw this movie. It's probably around the time you saw it because we. I remember seeing it on one of our movie nights at a friend's house with uh, Andrew and I would hang out a lot with them. Um, we were in youth group together at church and we would hang out with a lot of the people from youth group. And on Friday, Saturday nights, we'd go to somebody's house and watch a movie. And we had some yeah. friends that just had excellent taste in movies. 
Yes, we did. And we had a few of those. We had a few friends that just had really good taste in movies. And they, Mm -hmm. they, I remember they were like, let's watch the big Lebowski. And I was like, isn't that about bowling? Like, it sounds cool. I love bowling, but like, yeah, it sounds kind of lame. No, you're going to love this. You're going to love it. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember watching it and being like, these people are my kind of people. They're just weird and funny. And they, they think some jokes are just, the jokes are a little bit, you know, different, but they're Mm -hmm. the best and it it just stands up. Well, there are people that are going to get this movie and people that don't get this movie. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's a cult classic. This movie is not going to be, well, it wasn't a main, I I don't think it's a mainstream movie. I think it has grown over time Mm -hmm. in our cultural Mm -hmm. canon. Uh, it's kind of like the cult um, status that it is. Yeah, I feel like this movie kind of gets slumped into the stoner movies, which, you know, Jeff Bridges would ask the Coen brothers, he's like, did the dude burn one on the way over here? Should I, like, make my eyes bloodshot? <laughs> and they're like, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. yes, it is a stoner movie, but it, there's so much more to it, you know? It, there's so much more to it. We have the movie Dude, Where's My Car? Because yeah. of the scene... <laughs> <laughs> when he gets his car stolen and he's like, dude, where's your car? You know, that doesn't, oh, we don't yeah. have that kind of cultural effect unless we have this movie. And this movie is so amazing. It's, it's just so it good. Is, it's quotable. Mm-hmm. It has lasted. It is one of those movies that people dress up for as mm-hmm. Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll do special showings of this movie. Um, it's one of those movies. That rightfully so. I, I feel like it's it's definitely a cult classic, kind of like Days and Confused is a cult classic. You know, yes, you watch yep. it. It wasn't as popular at the time, mm-hmm. but now everybody knows it because it's everybody. so good. Just the, the, clerk the standing at hour. The Seven Eleven knew the clerk what? at the Seven Eleven knew you were buying white I Russians mean, to on, watch the Big Lebowski. There you go. That's and there, I mean, that's I've gone to um, previews here. I live in the Fort Worth area and I've gone to pre like movie sh- screenings of it and they will serve white Russians during the movie. And it's just, you cannot, it's just a vibe. It's a vibe. It is a whole vibe. It's a whole vibe. I have finished my white Russian and that was very delicious. I finished mine too. Um, and it was so good. So worth it. Okay. Shelly, what is your favorite scene in this movie? Oh, What's your yes. favorite? That's hard. That's hard. So many. I I love the ashes scene where he gets covered in in his ashes. I love the fantasy scene where he gets knocked out at Jackie Treehorns and they're doing this like dance. And he's so great. Know how much practice he had to do to like get down the (laughs) stairs doing that dance, and then no, you know, it's just unbelievable. I. I love the scene where they go and watch his landlord's play. <laughs> and <laughs> so it's the funny. weirdest, weirdest crap. But you know, it really is. you know, you've got a friend that you've gone and seen their weird thing and you're just trying to support them. They're like, hey, I'm doing this one man show at this theater. You know, will you please come and see? And you're like, yeah, you know, I will support you. And you go and you're like, this is freaking weird like what I is love this it. Yeah. and they're having a whole yeah. argument about in and out burger the entire time but so great so great maybe um, you want in and out burger 
Come up here. We have it. So good. No, you have it. We, we have it in out. We have it in out. Oh no! But it's it's such a good movie. Um, the cinematography in this movie. Um, I think I made a note of the cinematographer. He's kind of a big. Yes. Uh, a big one, and the music. Uh, Carter. I know. It's so Carter the, Burrell. The, the music, music. I need to mention because if you've ever watched any Coen Brothers movies. Oh, brother, where art thou? You know, um, let's see. God, they've got so many. Fargo. T-Bone Burnett did the music in this one. And he didn't, yep. if you know T-Bone Burnett, he's, he did like the original film score for Oh, brother, where art thou? So he's, he's a very prolific film, uh, movie, music director. I can't talk. Yes. But um, he curated all the songs and he was like, he, he made, you know, he, he, each song that we hear in the movie has been being played on the radio at some point or, you know, something, but he, he was like, I really didn't want the dude to like the Eagles because he felt like it was was going to be like, you know, just kind of like everybody loves the Eagles. I don't like the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. They're so mainstream that of course the dude would not like the Eagles. He can't with his jelly sandals. And, you know, (laughs) and, and last tidbit, because I know I'm talking so much. His He's whole wardrobe, shy. his whole wardrobe is if Jeff Bridges is from his personal closet, and That's awesome. he said in an interview that he still wears his jelly sandals, which is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Those jelly sand, those jelly sandals were pretty pretty popular back then. I'm they were, you. and they're not comfortable. <laughs> they're no, really gross. They make they don't breathe. Gross. They make your feet sweat. No. The man, the dude loved him some jelly sandals. He did. And his hair Okay, clip. I got to mention, the cinematographer is Roger Deakins. Roger mm. Deakins, I mean, he's, look at his career. He did, a, oh gosh, Fargo. So mm-hmm. he's worked like Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see in the shots. Hurricane. If you watch a movie that's, and I feel like the Coen brothers are kind of like a, they're pretty mainstream, but they also, they're very indie. And if you if you watch the mm-hmm. movie, it's just any Coen brothers movie has a vibe with the, with the overall aesthetics. And I love you the know. way yep. the cinematographer just really, you feel like you're in this bowling alley. You feel just like <laughs> this you feel the vibe wherever you are and it's yeah. very kind of art house, but also really fun and relatable. They have a, they have their own unique style. They definitely every do. Every movie that they make. They and definitely do. Brother movie. You do. Definitely. Um, what do you think was the, f- the, ah, okay. What do you think was the most, Iconic lasting scene in this movie. Like if people were to to look this up, what scene is the most memorable? And then I asked you what your favorite one was, but what do you think is the most memorable? Well, I do think the fantasy scene where they're wearing like the bowling pin headdresses and you've got the ladies dancing. Yes. That is so iconic because it it's is. very specific mm-hmm. to this movie. If you go to any, there's Lebowski festivals, by the way, where you can go mm. and there are people and a lot of women are dressed up in that. Like it's yeah. so, and just Julianne Moore and her like Viking type of 
outfit she has. It's just iconic. Iconic. Memorable. There we have that word again. That is word of the day. Iconic. But it is. Well, we've chosen two iconic movies. Mm Mm-hmm. That have lasted, I think. That's why we're saying it. Absolutely. What do you, do you think this movie ages well? I think this movie ages very well. And Me too. Me too. There's some, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of verbiage used that is very inappropriate. Um, there are some racial slurs used by Walter. But there's a reason for it. And it's it's not because the Coen brothers agreed with what he was saying. It's because that's exactly who the character was. And I love that they, that still stands. It still stands today. You're going to see a person who's like, I'm allowed to say this, but you're not allowed to say this. (laughs) And just, you know, I, I I think it ages so well because we all know somebody who's like the dude. We just do. Yes, we do. And he's, he's, Mm -hmm. he's always chill. He's always relaxed, just doing his own thing. At the end, he's just going to go bowl. You know, they just, you know. Donnie, it's poor just, Donnie's been coming into the ocean. They got a bowl. And um <laughs> nothing again, I think this character um nothing can bother him uh-uh. but things bother him, but he still just wants everything to be okay. He's like, I peaceful. just want to hang out and I bowl, just man. Wanna hang out. I want to be more like the dude. I, I do too. Goals. I do. I mean, maybe not in yep. a way, but goals, you know. There you some, go. Some, ra- some ways. Just yep. such a good movie. And I, you know, I, I always pick movies that are pretty long, but um, <laughs> I know I said this last week, but we could do a whole podcast on this one because it just. We could. Yes, we could. Dissecting different pieces would yes. take forever, but it, it's also so good. So good. <laughs> It's so good. And, and I, I loved rewatching it. This is a I movie did. and it, it's been mentioned also. This last thing I'll say. It's, it's rewatchable. If you look on the IMDb webpage, that's like one of the reviews. It says this movie is so worth it to just rewatch and rewatch. Cause every time you watch it, it's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you laugh. That's what I kept reading when I was like researching the, the movie um, practically everybody said this movie gets funnier each time you watch it. It does. It does. It's like Napoleon Dynamite to me. It just, there's things you don't notice yeah. and then you watch it again. And you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's genius. Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's not in your face. Um, it's not going to be like a sitcom comedy. Like I'm going to say a line and let's get a laugh. Right. Type of comedy. It's, it's going to be definitely like, again, situational. It's just going to be like, um, situational, like you said, and it's going to be absurd. Mm-hmm. And you may miss something one character said, but you may Watch think it about again, it. Like think it, and you're, yeah. yeah, you think about it. You're like, oh my god, that was that was hilarious. Oh my god, I totally missed that. Hilarious. What'd and you just and say real quick. I know I mentioned some of the cast, but I just here's the cast: Jeff Bridges, yeah. Major John Goodman, just perfect. Good. Julianne yeah. Moore. Yay. I can't even. Philip Seymour Hoffman, the oh, best. Another one gone too soon. Oh, absolutely. And Philip, C- uh, yeah, uh, John Turturro, who who works with Turn. the Coen Brothers often. You see him again. He was in, um, zany and crazy. He's just phenomenal. But you see him again <laughs> in um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And he's so yes, Steve Buscemi, of course, of course, Steve Buscemi. 
Mm-hmm. Um, David Huddleston, who plays the Big Lebowski. Great. Tara Reed. I've mentioned David Thelwies, Lupin, and mm-hmm. then Flea. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I I noticed that was him. And then there was another musician named Amy Mann. I think that's in the diner scene sitting there with the cut off toe. Oh, I think that's Amy Mann. She's also I didn't know a musician. That's Amy Mann. Okay. Could be wrong, but I think that was you know, yep. She's I worked with the uh, God, I think she might be Does she do like music on for Magnolia? Like she was Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She just Go ahead. Y- and with the Coen brothers, they they use a lot of the same actors. They they curate their films very very well, but just the people they use were fabulous, just fabulous. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's all I'm going to say because I know we are at like an hour <laughs> forty minutes, but and I said that we were going to make it shorter this time, but we just couldn't. These are Shelley. When you said that, I thought no, we're not going to get shorter. I think we're going to get longer. We're probably going to get longer. So. I, I, so. you know, we, we appreciate your feedback. I had some friends say, you mm-hmm. know, I had to break it up. And that's fine. I don't care. We just appreciate break you listening. Up, listen to it. Yeah. Listen to we it. Appreciate we appreciate it. Keep listening. Yeah. We want, we want to talk about these movies. We want to talk about all the stuff. So if you, if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. This one's just amazing. Go watch it. It was on Peacock. It moved over to Prime. Mm. Just mm-hmm. FYI. Mm-hmm. I think Clueless is on Paramount Plus, but mm-hmm. also it's on Prime. But you I should pay the three or four bucks to rent it last night. But it's okay. So good. So both of these movies are just like yes, amazing. Rent it. It's worth of if you have to rent it. Rent yeah. it for the three and if or you've four never bucks. seen a Coen Brothers movie, it's the perfect one to start watching. Yep, because watch them. Just amazing, amazing. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Shelly. So, I, I want to know what are you gonna what are you gonna do next week? What's your pick for <gasps> next week? Oh, this one's not gonna be quite as fun, but uh, I think I'm gonna do Girl Interrupted. <gasps> so good with Angelina Winona. So good. Talking about uh, also realizing I'm gay with Angelina Jolie. You know she. Well, she. It, her career was just such a big part of the late nineties, early two thousand era. And yep. You know, you think of Angelina Jolie, you think of this movie, you think of Tomb Raider, you think of but she was just so this is the movie I watched where I was like, Oh, she's she's a good actor. She's like, a good who actor. is that? Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also Fabulous. adapted from a from a book. So another And book. we love those. We love those. Yes we do. Yep. Shelly, what's What's your next pick? My next pick is going to be, it's not a 90s movie. It is probably oh, really? going to have to come out. I think it was like 99 or 98. Late, late 90s. Yeah. Let so me double check. The movie I'm doing next week is Moulin Rouge, um, ah! directed by Baz Luhrmann. He recently oh. did Elvis, if you've seen it. He did, you know, Romeo and Juliet. He's done, he, he did The Great Gatsby with Leo unbelievably like visually stunning director and this movie made me realize how just amazing filmmaking was because you could just create an entirely different world and make it Mm -hmm. whatever you wanted wanted it to be and the cast i can't Uh, cast ewan mcgregor if 
He was one of your crushes. He's still one of my crushes. Obi-Wan, please. I can't. (laughs) I can't with him. Such a Nicole Kidman. Come on, Nicole Kidman. And they did all their own singing. So that's what I'm covering next week. I could have picked that one too, Shelly. Like, we're going to have lots to talk about. I don't know how many times we went and watched that movie. We went to the theater a lot to rewatch and watch, watch and rewatch. We watched And we had the soundtrack and we sang along and we. And I think this went into college because we went to college together and I just remember us. Yes, we did. Watching it in college. So, yes, we did. Great movie. Girl Interrupted, great movie. Wonderful movie. movie. Yeah, we hope you will join us next week. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Watch those movies if you haven't watched them, maybe before we podcast. Yeah, yeah, watch them. They're great. Um, The And one last thing. Okay, I know I've said this 300 times. One last thing about the Big Lebowski is the soundtrack. You can, for a long time, I couldn't find the soundtrack. Spotify has the official soundtrack on Spotify. And it's amazing. That is it is amazing. And I think Clueless also has an amazing soundtrack, which a was fantastic one of, soundtrack. One of the things that I think the Big Lebowski and Clueless have in common, and another thing that I think they have in common, is what an impact they had on language mm-hmm. and how we talk. Mm-hmm. I think oh both God, of these yeah. movies, As like if. how many people, I mean, how many people took what was in Clueless and started talking that way. And I remember my dad the big would Lebowski. constantly make fun of us doing whatever. My dad was a high school teacher, so I get it. Uh-huh. But yeah. he would always do the whatever. And yeah, it's like, it's not funny because it's, it's so true, whatever. But it's it, the way the, the language has made our way into our vernacular. Yep. For both of these Absolutely. Movies. Absolutely. Both of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dude. We could just go on and on, but we're Yes, yes, we got to cap mm. ourselves here. But um, mm-hmm. we really hope you will in, will join us next week. We hope you enjoyed this yep. episode. Um, learn some things, you know. <laughs> learn something. Maybe we're talking yes. at the episode saying, "Hey, what do you what? learn? Something? Tell us. Email us. You can find mm-hmm. our email at uh, what's she watching pod at gmail dot com, and uh, follow us at uh, our what website. she's watching." Instagram, Facebook, website. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. Whatshewatchingpod.com. Instagram, whatshewatchingpod. Follow us. Give us give us your feedback. Give us your um, suggestions. Yes, don't be a jerk. Uh, don't be a jerk. Please be kind. <laughs> Nobody's been Please a jerk. Everybody's be kind, been so really. sweet. And we, no, we really appreciate it. So, all right. All right, see guys. Shelly. I will see you later. And I, I cannot wait to watch this week's movies so we'll talk at you uh next week you'll have a great one all right Bye. bye bye